The DOD context is so important. So the more perspective we have and the more voices we can, we can collect, the more uh, relevant our recommendations will be. So the two go hand in hand. Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, the new executive director of the Defense Innovation Board shares her top priorities. And we take you inside a pair of new DIB studies on lowering the barriers to innovation and building a data economy for the DOD. It's Thursday, November 9th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. Federal agencies' AI use case inventories are intended to become a more expansive resource for the government and public under new draft guidance from the Office of Management and Budget. That's according to Conrad Stowes, Director of Artificial Intelligence in the Office of the Federal Chief Information Officer, who told FedScoop in a recent interview that the White House is trying to expand the use case inventory in terms of information being reported and the function of the disclosure as a repository of public documentation. The annual public inventories, which were initially required under a Trump-era executive order, have so far lacked consistency and received criticism from academics and advocates as a result. New requirements for the inventories outlined in OMB's recent draft guidance, which details how federal agencies should carry out President Joe Biden's sweeping executive order on AI, included adding information on safety or rights impacting uses, the risks those uses pose, and how they are managing those risks. Efforts to expand the inventory are important for transparency about how AI is being used to make decisions that impact the public's lives and to create trust that the government is using AI responsibly, said Stowes. In other news, Office of Science and Technology Policy Director Arati Prabhakar this week said in an interview with FedScoop that the administration needs to get great people into government to assist in regulating and managing AI uses across federal departments and agencies, adding that her office is excited to search for AI talent. One of its primary tasks as laid out in the recently released AI executive order. OSTP, along with a handful of other agencies, has 45 days to plan a national surge in AI talent. The office is called on to carry out the same talent recruitment task for other emerging technologies as well. Prabhakar's comments came on the sidelines of Tuesday's White House Demo Day, where OSTP showcased different federal research and development projects across agencies and departments. Prabhakar said she wanted people to be able to sample and see everything at the event. You can read more about these stories and much more at fedscoop.com. The recently assembled latest iteration of the Defense Innovation Board has a new executive director in Marina Theodotu, who comes to the board after leading workforce innovation readiness efforts for the Defense Acquisition University. Now in full swing, the DIB 3.0, as Theodotu calls it, is in the middle of conducting two studies one on lowering barriers to innovation, and another on building a DoD data economy. I recently caught up with Theodotu to discuss her vision for the board, the two studies, and what else is ahead, including a public meeting next week on November 14th. Let's go now to that discussion. Marina, welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you again, and you're in a new role, so congratulations. Thanks so much, Billy. It's always a pleasure to to meet up with you, and uh, we're super excited to be at the Dib. 
So yeah, you're the new executive director of the Defense Innovation Board. Uh, very exciting. And uh, there's a lot of great work that has historically come out of that board um, since it's been stood up. And, you know, you already have in motion two studies that we're going to touch on later in this conversation. But um, to start off with, you know, I'd love to just hear about your path to the, the new role and what you hope to accomplish as the executive director of the Defense Innovation Board. Absolutely. So, as you mentioned, the Defense Innovation Board brings uh, an incredible legacy. And uh, uh, the Honorable uh, late Secretary Car uh, Ash Carter created uh, the Defense Innovation Board back in 2016. And at that time, uh, Dr. Eric Schmidt was uh, the first chairman of the board. And uh, Josh Marcuse was the executive director. So they did an amazing job building and carving the path for the DIB. And most recently, Ms. Colleen Laughlin was uh, the previous executive director, and now I'm taking on uh, the role. So we're looking at it almost as a DIB 3.0, and uh, we're excited to, to be able to start off. We have a brand new team that just joined in the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's uh, quite... Um, exciting because we have an incredible cadre of leaders with gravitas expertise across industry academia and the department of defense so our board is chaired by mr mike Bloomberg, and uh, he needs no introduction we also have dr gilda barabino who is the president of all in uh, college of engineering the honorable sue gordon who is the director of uh, cassie international and former Principal Deputy Director of National Intelligence. Reed Hoffman needs no introduction, the co-founder of LinkedIn and co-founder of Inflection AI. We also have uh, Mary Meeker, General Partner at Bond, Admiral Mike Mullen, who was the former Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mr. Ch Charles Phillips, co-founder and managing partner of Recognize, Dr. Will Roper, also, probably doesn't need any introduction in this uh, realm, but he was the former Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for ATNL. Mr. Ryan Swan, Chief Data Analytics Officer for Vanguard, and the Honorable Mark Thornberry, who was the former United States Representative from Texas. So as you can see, it's an incredible confluence of uh, gravitas, expertise, and wisdom that we're so honored to be able to have uh, and work with. Yeah, I'm always blown away by the 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 people that are on the DIB board. Uh, it's always some really uh, interesting and and notable just innovators, uh, folks from the science and technology communities, um, and it's just interesting to see. And it, I, I think that re remains uh, on this current board especially. But um, you know, for the listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with the DIB. Um, and sort of its function. Obviously, there's studies and there's, uh, you know, semi-annual or quarterly meetings, but sort of what, you know, at, in its function to advise the Secretary of Defense, how does it um, produce sort of work that informs that advice? What What's really like the mission and um, yeah. supporting so, function Yeah, so the mission, the mission is... Um is uh, the, the the why, right? And the what to your question, answering your question, how do we do that? How, how do we, how does the DIB provide uh, independent advice? So the DIB uh, board members bring incredible perspectives from industry and academia and, uh, and uh, the DOD. So 
our research approach is uh, threefold. So we triangulate uh, the data. So we look at academic research. So we, uh, the board and in collaboration and in conjunction with the department uh, selects and decides on which areas to, to go after, which problems to tackle, essentially. So then our research team within uh, the Defense Innovation Board research um, arm, we triangulate the data and uh, we look at academic research, industry practice, and most importantly, DOD context. So we don't pull from any one of the three. We triangulate all three to make sure that uh, whatever uh, the recommendations are, they are standing uh, strongly on the three-legged stool. What does the academic research say? What has industry practice proven? And how do both of those things um, relate to the context of the department? Often we find that uh, some of the key topics that we're looking at are have not been looked at uh, adequately, but by the by the academic research or by industry practice, and they are uniquely ours within the department. For example, the current study that we have, we have two studies uh, going on right now. One of them focuses on lowering the internal barriers to innovation. Well, we know very well what those are. Uh, a lot has been written internally and externally, but industry practice and academic research is not gonna help us here. We need to focus uh, uniquely within the department and uncover those barriers that are preventing us from scaling innovation. So that's one example of how that triangulation comes about. The second study focuses on how to build a data economy for the department. And so a lot has been written both in academic research and industry practice. And so we can, we can dig into those and uh, understand where the pitfalls are and what does, what does um, the, the academic research point us to, but then always bring those back into the DOD context and make sure again that it is that it is relevant what we're looking at. So our research recommendations are founded in um, in these three elements, and uh, we are super excited to be able to 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 conduct this research and uh, support our board members in their vision and their efforts uh, to advise the secretary and other DoD leaders. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you you mentioned those studies because that's uh, the direction I wanted to go next. And I'm I, I'd love to dig in a bit more and um, hear hear more about each of them, but also you know why those areas why why did the Dib arrive at those as those the first two studies for this current um, Dib board? So it's not uh, a secret that uh, the department has an innovation scaling problem. And uh, we are looking at uh, and many, many uh, initiatives across the department and outside the department in the broader uh, innovation ecosystem have addressed these, this, this challenge. So the, the current uh, board, and in particular, uh, Ms. Sue, the Honorable Sue Gordon, who, who uh, uh, leads the efforts on this study, uh, along with the other members of the board, have uh, taken upon themselves to actually 
identify and and outline and uh, figure out what is it going to take and who is it going to take and how long is it going to take to remove these internal barriers. So we have uh, an incredible uh, uh, cadre of, of experts on our board. And so by engaging them and engaging internal stakeholders that have informed us, uh, you know, what are the biggest issues, but also reaching out to the workforce. We reached out to the workforce and solicited um, their perspective and we received over 200 um, recommendations from um, workforce members across all services uh, that uh, are foundational to the work that we're doing. We're incorporating those into the, the 10 major barriers that we need to be removing uh, so that we can scale innovation. And some of these elements, I can't go into detail because the study is uh, currently ongoing, and, but I can, I can uh, say that uh, some, some of these uh, barriers are things that we encounter every day. And uh, we're finally to the point where we say, let's let's do something to remove that barrier so that we can move forward. And so that is the mindset. The mindset is practical and actionable and uh, making sure that these barriers, the removal of these barriers can actually uh, move, move the needle. So it's exciting and it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> And then what can you tell me about the, the data ecosystem one and how? Yeah, so the data economy, a lot of initiatives are happening uh, and are taking place across the department. And uh, what we are seeing is, is this uh, confluence of efforts. But we're also uh, hearing that there are still gaps. And so how do we help? Uh, the department connect the dots around our data economy efforts and how do we help from industry practice, this is where we're going, we're actually um, leaning more into industry practice because many of uh, uh, our board members and their peers have gone through similar challenges in building uh, data economies for their organizations. What are some of the learnings that we can leverage from there and adapt into the DoD ecosystem so that we can make sure that that data is is uh, a reliable and accessible and uh, uh, meaningful asset, real asset in our national security as we as we uh, progress forward. So, if I'm someone in the Department of Defense or in the innovation ecosystem that supports the Department of Defense or or anywhere in between, what's your message as it relates to these two studies and how, um, you know, what I should anticipate or um, what message do you hope to get to across as you um, move forward with those studies? Well, first of all, we are, we are listening. That's the number one message. We are listening. So if you have ideas or if you have uh, insights or, or perspectives that you would like to share with us, please reach out to me or my team our uh, website has a portal, uh, so you can actually uh, click on and, and send us an email. And uh, so that's the number one. And, and the second element is that just like we are triangulating, um, as I mentioned, we're triangulating the academic research, the industry practice, the DOD context is so important. So the more perspective we have, 
and the more voices we can we can collect the more uh, relevant our recommendations will be. So the two go hand in hand. So the quality of our studies depends a lot on, on our ability to engage with the workforce and um, with uh, leaders inside and outside the department to make sure that we are, we are um, capturing all the equities from the department and also uh, all the lessons learned uh on that particular topic and i guess just to put a bow on these two studies is there an anticipated final deadline when this will be delivered yes. is it done when it's done what's the, the yes so you uh, mentioned earlier we do have quarterly meetings so our next quarterly meeting it will be november 14th it will be a virtual meeting and so we will welcome uh everyone you will be able to see on our website uh the link on how to connect but uh, that's going to take place from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on November 14th. And uh, we'll, we will be updating on our current studies. And then the next meeting, uh, public meeting, will take place on January 26th. And uh, the details of that meeting will be also announced in due course. So we do have meetings coming up in April, in April, April 17th, and then July 17th. So all these meetings have been preset. And the best place to find out about them is on our website, which, by the way, I'm happy to share that we are revamping and uh, soon it will be more engaging and exciting and a place to seek uh, more details on what the DIB is working on and how. And uh, so we welcome feedback and we would love to have your audience join us on uh, November 14th and the forthcoming meetings. That's great. And as we close up here, you know, just sort of looking forward, um, you know, for the at least the coming fiscal year, we're in fiscal 2024 now. So what are, you know, outside or in addition to um, these, these studies, any any large, broad guiding goals that you have for the, the rest of the fiscal year? Absolutely. So we are going to have more studies coming up starting in January, and uh, we'll be able to discuss those uh, in due course. But uh, our our FY24 goals for, for D3.0 uh, uh, are three. So the first one is to optimize the gravitas and expertise of uh, Mr. Bloomberg and the other members of the board and make sure that we harness those so that we can uh, support uh, the mission of the department when it comes to innovation. The second is how do we minimize the gap between recommendation and implementation? So the charter for the Defense Innovation Board defines uh, the DIB's uh, responsibilities. And our responsibility is to provide independent guidance and counsel to the secretary and other leaders within the department. However, the DIB is not the one to implement those recommendations. We are uh, hence not off the hook. We uh, want to engage with our stakeholders and partners to make sure that uh, we uh, have their perspective and we share what we're working on so that when those recommendations come out, they, they will embrace and implement. For example, we're, uh, we met uh, a few days ago with uh, Doug Beck, uh, the new uh, director of the Defense Innovation Unit, and we're super excited to to uh, engage more closely again with the DIU and uh, figure out uh, in more specific terms how the DIB and the DIU can work together and um, 
ensure that uh, there is that collaboration and, and cooperation and coordination in our efforts to drive uh, innovation forward. And then the third element, the third uh, goal for FY24 is this uh, engagement with the citizens. We, wanted, we want to be closer to the workforce. We want to engage the citizens, the, the broader national security ecosystem and beyond because uh, the perspective and their their day-to-day uh, challenges on the job is what we need to hear so that we can uh, be aware of, of what is happening across across the department. And uh, to do, to be able to achieve these three goals for FY24, we've also identified three cross-cutting drivers. So the first one is um, en engagement with our, with our stakeholders and making sure that we cultivate those relationships. Uh, there, are, there are many moving parts in what we're doing, and uh, as, as essentially there are many people involved. So we want to build those relationships and uh, uh, reinstate the the trust uh, that the dib the dib extends to our stakeholders to make sure that we work together. The second element is process improvement. So I'm asking our, my my dib uh, team internal team to to be vigilant about processes and uh, timelines and identify bottlenecks and ways we can be faster and better because if we are promoting agility and and speed we need to be modeling that and i'm super excited to be able to to invigorate that within the team and the third element is data so we want to be data focused how are we measuring the dibs value add to the department and uh, how are we measuring uh, and capturing our ability to to be more efficient and to be more effective and uh, what are those metrics and what are those benchmarks and how do we report out uh, uh, at the end of the fiscal year so we have lots of work ahead of us and I'm super excited to to have an amazing team of uh, 10 um, contractors, also uh, at least one uh, government um, colleague. And uh, we look forward to to engaging with uh, with your readership and also with the broader uh, workforce and uh, to delivering results. Yeah, a lot a lot of work ahead, but um, it's exciting. So congrats again on the new role. I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what you do and what comes out of the dib over the coming year. So um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Billy. You can learn more about the Defense Innovation Board at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back next week with brand new episodes. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.